are doing this every Tuesday. They need to come hang out with Mooch and the Misses. That is called fascism. Okay, he is a fascist leader. He's his own worst enemy. He's creating his own problems. You know, he's like one of those people who can't get out of their own way. I don't want to be one of those like kind of Trump like, haters. Okay, I just want it. to make... Everyone is a product of their upbringing and their personal loyalties. I'm a human being, and I probably got overtaken by the excitement of him winning. The minute you called me to say, uh, boom, as soon as I got that, boom, I called you right back. Anyway, you, and then you she lose hit the me. argument. All the ladies out there. My mother's like, why are you cursing so much? I'm like, Ma... Where do you think I learned it from? We do this podcast. I go into the city. We have dinners together or we'll travel. We spend time to be together as a couple and a family and as business partners. And I feel like it really helps us. You still love me? I do. Do you still love me? Very much. Okay. I don't know if you I mean. Very much my liberal hot wife. Diana, she's hot though, right? She's hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's hot. Really are. Like what the hell is she's going to say? No, sorry, no, she's not my type. I have manners, but I will say you're a okay. beautiful lady. Well, thank you. So are you. <laughs> well, we're we're welcoming two people. I should say two guests to the studio today. One would be Anthony, because oh my god, he's this never at our podcast, so he's actually a guest alongside you. Unbelievable. Diana. That's awesome. And what? Unbelievable. You so want wait, to introduce I, yourself? How about Happy Valentine's Day, Anthony? It's not I Happy love. Valentine's Day. It's not. No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. It's early. Remember, I'm psychic. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, sorry. <laughs> Good. It's just Tuesday. All right. Just see you next Tuesday. That's what I think. <laughs> see you next okay, Tuesday. Okay, and we actually have a guest today besides Anthony. In studio, we have Diana Navarro. Hi, Diana. Hello, and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in to see us. And um, this is one of our, well, Anthony and I love the topic of, um, like, not so much paranormal, I would say, but we love, you know, to go to mediums, we're oh, totally oh, into. Oh, hold on, step back though. Let's talk a little bit about Di- Diana. So she well, has she, a I, master's degree. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right. She, See, now a, he shows up. He's going to take over. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. I just want people to know who we're talking to. Yeah. Right? No, no, you go. I was going to make it a yeah, fun go. intro. Make go it, ahead. Make it a fun intro. No, go ahead. I'm picking my nose over here. Let me just dig out. Okay? No, go ahead. I want, I'm going to dig I out a big boulder. I'm going to throw it at you. Awesome. Diana, just block yourself. I got some I'm tissue. Don't worry. I'm digging, <laughs> you I'm never digging, know. You never I'm know. I'm digging out a big boulder right now. <laughs> All right, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, no, no. no, seriously, go. No, no, go. Anthony, go. And this is your stubbornness. So, hi, my name is Diana Navarro. Yeah, exactly. and <laughs> go ahead. Stop. I, I really am asking you I had you to the go. pleasure of meeting Anthony and Deidre very recently. Mm-hmm. See, she's doing a better job than you. Okay, go ahead. You're fired. Diana. Go ahead, Diana. I, I think I love actually what you're trying. What's this is very interesting. What you what's happening? What's happening is, you like this is almost left brain and right brain. He was going to talk about the master's degree. You were talking about the medium part. Yeah. And this is a marriage of both. So I like to think that I'm kind of trying That's to use very both interesting. sides yeah, of my you, brain. You are unique in that most people are very one way or the other most yes. of the time, right? Yes. And I was um, very much. Um, intellectually inclined, you know, school academics nerd. Let's just call it what it is. But at the same time, as we go through different experiences, we get tested emotionally. And what I thought was a weakness, which is super oversensitivity and worried about everyone else, happened to have been something called being an empath Mm -hmm. and a psychic empath. And being psychic has a thousand different categories. So an empath simply means I'm capable of feeling what other people and animals and environment feel. Mm -hmm. I'm not... Um, somebody who says they're telling you what's going to happen tomorrow. But if I do a reading, uh, and I had to learn the tarot for this, and mm-hmm. I go through that, I will tell you very honestly what I see. Mm-hmm. Because there's always this projection and forecast. But I'm like a weatherman. You can't kill me. If I'm... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there's the trajectory is there. And then it's always up to you to use your free will and make choices accordingly. If I do anything to interfere with that, I will literally get sick. And I won't be able to function. Well, I was going to say... Is it exhausting having these, you know, like super highly frequentized like feelings and emotions all the time? I mean, it has to be exhausting, right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely suffer from chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And uh, many, you'll see that many um, psychics that are legitimate have a lot of chronic illnesses. Yeah, because I feel like illnesses. you're taking on everybody's stuff yes. and you're also just thinking 24-7 or feeling 24-7. Definitely. Which is exhausting. It is. Right? It's because like, even when you're dreaming and you're sleeping, you tend to be a lucid dreamer and you're really doing things in other realms. When you come back, you're like, really? 
because now I'm more exhausted than when I went to sleep. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And most people don't talk about that and they don't say that and they don't know that mm -hmm. because they don't teach you how to protect yourself and shield yourself and really rest and self-care. So do you know how to do that? Well, I learned the hard way, which is why I wrote the book, mm -hmm. um, a memoir called Oddball, because I was always a little different. We're all different. We all have our DNA, our unique signature. So with that said, I was wacky. I was, you know, an outlier and it's a little stubborn. And I didn't learn until the hard way that you have to take care of yourself, eat, sleep, rest, and say no mm -hmm. when it's too much. Mm -hmm on a regular basis in order to restore your own resources in order to help others. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of decades. Uh, I just told Anthony I'm gonna turn 50, so this is why I'm out here now talking about it, you know, yes. it's a century. Mm -hmm. And I, have, you I am 50, learning, by the way. Yeah, you look great. Thank yeah. you, yeah. thank you so much. It's the sleep. <laughs> I'm telling you, sleep more, stay young. Yeah. How, how much do you sleep in? <sighs> okay, so I have something called idiopathic hypersomnia. <laughs> I love it's just like a long word. Okay, so what is that? And that means that I'm always sleepy. It's a neurological issue, and it's a version of narcolepsy, uh, except I don't fall asleep anywhere. So you just feel tired. I feel very tired, and when I do go to sleep and left to my own devices, I can sleep 12 to 24 hours straight. And there's a whole group of people that are that, are that way. Again, a lot of psychic empaths are like that. Mediums are like that. They are always sleepy. Mm -hmm. And... During that sleep time is when a lot of information comes through mm -hmm. and a lot of weird imagery. And, and that's how I learned, you know, what sacred geometry was and soul travel So was. do you wake up and, like, write things down? Or do um, you, does it remain in your brain? Because I know I have a lot of really poignant dreams and things that are very clear. And they're only clear when I wake up and then I lose them. But the weird thing is I told... I was talking to our five-year-old son the other night. We were laying in bed, and I said to him, you know what is so weird? When I lay down to go back to sleep at night, the dream I had the night before comes back into my brain because of where I'm laying or how I'm laying. Mm -hmm. And I had forgotten about it for the whole day until right. I lay back down in the same bed in the same position. And he's like, wow, that's really weird, Mom. But... It, it happens a lot. Like I love it. Five to out of seven nights a week, that happens to me. Yeah, Isn't that I, strange? I think it has to do with, <clears throat> like, I believe like, in the shamanic tradi tradition. I mean, I'm not religion, religious in any particular religion, but the shamans and many mystics believe that sleep time is dream time and dream time is soul travel time. And I don't care what kind of sleep e expert you are, neurological, medical doctor, nobody knows what really happens during sleep. Mm -hmm. No one except you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're connecting back to a little a sector in your dreamscape is telling you this is not just some random working things out garble going on. There's something to it. So to answer your question, it depends on the dream. If it's something really like a serial situation, because I go back and dream the same Part like two, part three, four, you five. You pick up where you left off. Yeah. I do write it down. And that is my book after the Dumb People book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Dreamscapes uh, because there were really strange, bizarre dreams I had about Antarctica and all these weird things that I had no idea about. And Hitler and all this weird stuff that I started seeing. On, I was like, what? And I started doing research. I'm like, that's weird. I, I truly had no knowledge of this, at least consciously, of like you never learned it in school, no, never, never read anything? Absolutely mm -hmm. not. I mean, I was more really focused on psychology and environmental envi psychology and work and clinical stuff, a lot of crime victim, you know, victimology, the crime victims work for many, many years. So I didn't know anything about that. Mm, that's interesting. So I started, those well, I started writing down. Do you believe in now. past lives? I do believe so. I don't have any recollections specifically about my past life. Uh, ex but I do absolutely believe. I mean, there's just too much documentation that out there. That every single person has been alive before. That's it. So we're just not every single person. People. It depends. It depends on the souls. It depends on yeah. the souls' evolution. There's newer ones. There's yeah. older ones, right? There's some that don't have the karma to deal with like we do. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's whole research world out there as it is. I would suggest anybody go out there and start reading life after life or pre-life planning. Hmm. And you look at your like Akashic records or your life script with your soul group 
and you oh decide if so you're going to come in or not. So there's this whole world that we don't know anything about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, bits and pieces. Verbiage. I've never heard any of these words or yeah. these terms. So. Yeah. So your child probably chose you to be a parent, the parents, for very specific learning purposes. Uh, if people are struck with a disability or disease or some type of illness, many times they they chose that for a specific either karmic or learning lesson. So there's a thousand different reasons. So they chose it themselves? Yeah, we choose. Interesting. That, that, so there's a double-edged sword here because I'm like, I never chose to be sick. I don't want to be a victim of violence. I don't want to, you know. But we are, we kind of come in with a certain amount of forgetfulness. Other one, again, that whole free will thing is disrupted. Mm-hmm. And I feel that free will is the one law that can humans and non-humans, yeah, yeah, we should not interfere with. Mm-hmm. So, so you can change your predicaments. Then. You can. That's the whole thing. There's destiny, and then there are goals. So when I do a reading, for example, like a, a tarot reading or angel reading, whatever it is, they're just tools. You mm-hmm. don't really need them, but it helps to have something outside of yourself. And there's a, a destiny card, and it says marriage, right? And you're like, well, what does that mean? It says, I mean, I'm going to get married. I mean, that marriage is in trouble. You know, all these things. It's like, no. These are the possibilities, these are the probabilities, and then there are the choices. Mm-hmm. And these things can possibly occur, and they must, And there's something really I feel in my gut, this is when I have to use my intuition, that I should tell you that you should look out for. You know, if you have a pain on your side, get that pain checked. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hear a voice saying, don't mention the pain, then I shut up. Mm. So it's really tricky. It's a hard job. Yeah, it's, you have a hard job, <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, that's right? why I went to writing for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I had to take a break. I was yeah, too because, sick. Because, I mean, it's just a lot. It's like a, it's like a responsibility. It is. It's you a have hard people's lives and secrets, things that they never expected you to know because there's so many charlatans out there and so many people that mix truth with lies and they just can read body language or they can do a little research on you with the Internet or whatever, and they can just make anything up that people are wary of, you know. Oh, I was just having this conversation with somebody. Um, We were talking, I told her you were coming in, and she was, you know, she's, last time I was with her, we were talking about this psychic that she always goes to and that she loves. And I was saying to her, you know, send me his number because, you know, I'm interested in that kind of thing. And I won't go to just some random person because it's, to me, especially, I mean, Google is like, everybody's best friend so yeah, they could find out anyone. anything right so it's like i need to know the person is actually legitimate because i don't want to waste an hour or more with and somebody. word of mouth is crucial right that you trust right so you have to you have to have known someone who had an experience right i don't want to i don't want to put you on the spot but i'm going to put you on the spot you know how they say that you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay i don't want to put you on the spot but, <laughs> but then I'm I'm put you on the spot, right, exactly. <laughs> so you can feel people's auras i can feel people's energy yeah and so um people tell you so is energy and aura yeah, absolutely. So that's basically well, okay, you know, so we you, emanate. You okay, know. so I'm not saying I can I, just go, tell you right now how to feel your own your own energy, and, and and it's not just heat energy. For example, if you touch yourself, you can feel kind of your heat. That's yeah, energy. body temperature. But if you go like this, just like a create a ball with your hand, mm-hmm. and just gently and slowly and mindfully do it, you'll start feeling a little static electricity, um, and. It, Right away, you feel it, and you can do it with other people. And you have to be careful not to do it with other people because you don't. And you can do it with your spouse because you you already are connected. But if you do it with a stranger, like I did one day, you take on there. I ended up getting a heart palpitation, and I have not been able to get rid of it. And he had a heart problem, and he didn't tell me. And that was like I will never do that again unless I know who it is and I can really prepare myself. So this is just a little little, little mini example of what you can feel physically, mm-hmm. but you can also see it. You can perceive it. You know, so we you, all can. So mm-hmm. you have a very good aura. And I don't just say that. I mean, because I'm pretty good at intuition. I, we met you at the bar. Turned hello to say hello to me. We got into a conversation. Yes. Then you handed me your book, yeah. which I went on to read the book. It was not, it's, not a, it's not a very long book. And let's just get the no, title of the book read. out there so that we have it here. It's called Oddball. And it's basically your life story. Mm-hmm. And so for, uh, give us a c- quick summary of the book like tell me why you wrote it and tell us what's in the book after doing many many years of interviews myself either on radio or counseling or advising at a college people were asking me all the time well how do you do this and what what's your story and where are you from mm-hmm. where are you from is my favorite if i had a dime for every time somebody told me that i'd be a billionaire so i was like you know maybe i should just put it in a in a in a way that i don't have to keep repeating it over and over again because that's exhausting too mm-hmm. So, 
And they were like, well, really? Well, how did you become psychic? Well, everybody's psychic. I just tuned into it because of this. Well, what, what is this? Well, adversity. And what do you mean by adversity? Well, I grew up in the South Bronx, and you know, there was a lot of violence, and this was you know, in the 70s, and it was really ugly, and it was really messy. And many of my contemporaries, my Generation Xers, didn't make it, or they didn't you know, make it. They're like really messed up, mm -hmm. drugs, heroin, or in a really unfortunate situation. I grew up with a group of people that... Where, where do you live now? I still live in the Bronx, near Yankee Stadium, actually. It's better now, and Diana? It's completely changed, but some of the elements are still there. <laughs> um, I have so many aspirations. You, know, you have to. I have want to do a little series on a group of people. I call them the walking zombies, and they're hoping to have a group of people that are always together and they have their community, and they're, they're drug users. But boy, do they have interesting stories, and you hear it, and you see it. So these communities, this is still there. These people didn't go anywhere. Now it's gentrifying. Mm -hmm. Now uh, it's really, you know, the waterfront is picking up. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, the rents are going up drastically. Yankee Stadium, all those buildings are Art Deco buildings. They're beautiful. They have sunken living rooms. I don't know if you've ever been to any of them. They are gorgeous living spaces. Mm -hmm. And Yankee Stadium is there, and the big shopping mall is there. And so it really has changed. I mean, we have a Starbucks in the Bronx. I mean, really, that was unheard of. Mm -hmm. That was a, that's a signpost that things have changed. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like that. There were burnt out fires, homeless animals. You know, I still smell the fires. I still have the smell and, and the and my sinuses. That awful burnt-out building. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the Bronx is burning. And you know, we, we were literally in the middle of that. But you know, there were good people there, good workers, good teachers, good counselors, and they helped. They were there, available for people who could avail themselves to them. And thanks to those people, there were there a group of us that are okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, many of my friends from high school are, are very well. They're doing wonderfully. They're all over the, the country. They have families. They're artists. And, you know, my college friends also. Women. I went to Lehman, so I love Lehman. I love that school. It's underrated. I mean, underrated. And I love that school. And I met incredible professors. I worked with monkeys there. I worked with uh, pigeons. I learned so much about um, research and being a scholar. I was all left brain at the time. All left brain. It was mm -hmm. like crazy. Um, or is it right brain? I always get dyslexic, you know, all you nerdy and all. Left brain is math, yeah. And and astronomy, you know, science, cosmology. That was my thing. I was so interested in just the stars and um, the whole thing. I was gonna help my mother, you know, do whatever she needed to do. And she got very ill. What is your sign? I'm a Cancer, so I'm an emotional mush. <laughs> mm -hmm. And but I'm not. A typical cancer, like I'm not crabby in a shell, you know. I'm, you know, super. You know what's interesting about cancers? I know I have two best friends that are cancers, and they couldn't be any more different. And I, I think that is one sign that every cancer I meet is so very different. Yeah. And um, I know that we're all unique, and right. like nobody is pigeonholed into one thing based on your sign. But sometimes there are really, really strong elements of a sign that come through in everybody you meet that under that sign. Mm -hmm. But Cancers are very unique. Mm. I have to say, That's very I interesting. think you're very different from them too. So yeah, so it's it's true. I yeah. know cancers, and some are over emotional, some are under emotional. Mm -hmm. So um, basically, the first book I wrote, which is "You're Not Crazy as Paranormal," um, was a result of going through a dark night of the soul and losing everything. And it started with my mother's death, premature death. She died at 49. 20 years ago, and a very rare cancer, and no no cure, and I'm not sure now, but she was a fourth person in the medical literature at the time to have it. It was mm -hmm. called abdominal disease. So that kind of, that knocked my whole so universe. Loop, right? Yeah. yeah. Poof, that was it. And then everything all cascaded and fell apart. I was in the graduate center, and I was still able to do a year after that, but I was no longer interested. I moved to San Francisco. San Francisco kicked my behind. San Francisco kicked my behind. Mm -hmm. It was the most unfriendliest city I have ever. What years? This was 2000. And I'd visited twice in San Diego just to make sure I wanted to go. And I loved it. I loved it. Mm -hmm. But when I moved there, it was completely different. Mm -hmm. it, I just couldn't get hired. I was overqualified, disqualified, underqualified, you know, 
It was never everything. Never the right fit. Never, never. I was too this, too that, not enough this. And I didn't, like, qualify for like, just basic services that everybody else qualified for because I wasn't a resident. It was just crazy. I was like, I'm really in a different alternate universe mm -hmm. or dimension here. Mm -hmm. And I really, the breakdown, breakdown, break. I've never experienced this before. I always had a job, even if it was in Staples mm -hmm. or wherever it was. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, an academic advisor for years, a counselor for years. I couldn't get a job doing what I love. Could not get a job. And uh, my brother came to pick me up, you know, really, like, literally picked me up and put me in a truck and we drove back with our my cat and I was very very sick it turned out that I ended up developed a heart problem I had developed chronic fatigue um, some injuries that I had sustained when I was a domestic violence victim all of a sudden they were there flaring up flaring up my shoulder like showed all this damage and I couldn't come out of outside for almost two years unaccompanied oh my god almost two years at all unaccompanied and then i it was after 9 11 too here in, in new york so this was foreign to me like my home was foreign i didn't recognize it didn't recognize there were still people with the the, the guns and mm -hmm. i was like this is new york this yeah. is my home mm -hmm. nobody cared you know are you mm -hmm. kidding me i'm glad i missed that part i'm you know that i was in san francisco right. mm -hmm. because it i think i probably would have been in the area i was always in that area i was always working around there and it's still so devastating, but at the same time, you know, I suffered being so far from home and not knowing where my friends were, my family were. But that's a whole traumatic thing that the whole world went through, mm -hmm. and we're still experiencing. So um, it was n until after those three years. Go, go back a second, then. We're still experiencing the aftermath oh, yeah, of 9 11. A lot of right? We're still very traumatized by it. The death it. toll the, is a lot more. We're killing more people are dying now yes. from the asbestos breathing, the metal that ended up in their Absolutely. lungs, the blood disorders, right? Yeah, but there's also, um, it's also the we world is still traumatized it. by yeah. it. PTSD. Well, that's the thing. There's life before 9 11, and then there's life post 9 11. Yes. And it's not the. It's never the same. It never will be the same. And everything has yes. spiraled kind of into this world of high security and paranoia. Yes. And it'll and never lots change. of people taking advantage of well, that. Did Osama know? bin Laden Ooh, making you jump? Did you Osama know? bin Laden win? <clears throat> no, but it wasn't. I mean, number one, it wasn't him alone. It was a whole slew of entities that were involved in this. And but right, I did a lot it, of damage. Look at the deficit yes, spending. Look right. at the the yeah. deaths in the Middle East. Long Look at the. Term. Look at the treasure and blood that's been spent by America in those areas of the world. Yeah. If you were to ask you know? me if the balance shifted after that day, I would say yes. Yes, I agree with that. And if we have a lot of work to do before gaining you know, balance, including climate change, I mean, that's just one of the side effects of all this stuff. We have a lot of work to do. All the people that are have heart and soul and consciousness, mm -hmm. We have to become warriors. We mm -hmm. just can't be just peace people and oh, no, yeah, you have to have a purpose and move on whatever and, you and yeah. take action. Yeah, and be not not violent, but be aggressive in standing up for our rights and the rights of each other. Mm -hmm. And does Deirdre have a good aura? Yes, absolutely. I what really, is, you know, what, I I enjoyed. That's why I was like, I, I have to give her the this one this book because I had a feeling we would have a lot more to talk about the the um, you're not crazy as paranormal the paranormal aspects of. And I met you guys. Yeah, and very quickly. You yes. met me quickly, but I think you guys had a longer conversation. Yeah, we met yeah with yes, yeah. my best friend, Vinny. My best yeah. friend, Vinny. <laughs> Not your cousin, but your best friend. Every time has a Vinny. You know, what are you going to do? Um, and, but very quickly, during that time that I was sleep, you know, at home and not being able to go out, I slept, and I slept, and I slept, and I started having these really vivid dreams that I discuss and learning all this stuff you could learn in books. And I did, and I did learn in books. I confirm that I can access information directly. Mm -hmm. We all can, through know, meditation and sleep. And I met one person and another person in the music community in New York City, because I love to sing jazz, the old standards, the old standards. And I met these musicians that are lifers, you know, been doing it their, their whole life. Those are the ones I wanted to work with. And I did, and one of them put me on his radio show. He goes, I want you to do magic cards, magic cards. And those are the tarot. And I did it, and I also did a few parties, like holiday parties, that I was scared because, number one, I hadn't been around people in so long, and number two, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I figured I could just use psychology and get away with it, but other stuff started coming through, and I would use like a little crystal ball, I don't even think it was real crystal, and things would come through about their families, and what we talked about earlier, having information 
and privy to information that left me and that client stunned. How did you know I had a kid? How did you know my kid? That I looked through their doors and I found their, their condoms in there and they're 13 years old and I was worried about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I just did it. Mm-hmm. And boom, flashes. So I started be taking it more seriously and learning the art of the tarot, the art of you know angel cards, the art of Yi Ching, although I'm not a Yi Ching expert, but to understand how a little bit how that all connected. And marry that with my research, you know, with my ability to discern and analyze and question. But you have good intuition, though, too, in addition to the science, yeah, right? So know, why does she have a good aura? Why? Um, I think she was born with it, number one. We were born with it. I and then people, so, yeah. yeah, people can try to tarnish it, and people can try to damage it, and people can try to take it away from you. We have a lot of energy. The biggest disease we have, you know, is a, a spiritual cancer. And later on, it manifests into physical cancer. Mm-hmm. And the metaphysical cancer are energy thieves. And they could be people. Unfortunately, family members are the ones that have close access to us. And they're the ones who are able to, you know, we don't want to say that it's our family. But they're the ones who have the strongest access to us and the closest access to us and the biggest lesson, lessons to learn from us and, and them. And if we don't shield ourselves from these people as close as they are, they're going to suck the life out of us mm-hmm. and then turn into physical illnesses and anger and aggression and, and what we know as diseases and mm-hmm. inflammation and, unfortunately, diabetes and cancer, high blood pressure. So, so she was born with a good aura because of? She probably just has it, her soul, her soul, mm-hmm. her higher self. The emanation of the yeah. soul. And as you and as you. And then we come in and we experience certain things. Right. And... Certain things will knock you you out um, for a little bit, and then you get stronger from it. And then certain things will knock your neighbor out, and they'll never be able to recover from it. And they'll give up, and they, at least in that aspect in their lives. And they'll just stay sub-level living, just, sub, just right there. Mm-hmm. And you see them. They're walking zombies. Mm-hmm. They're all around us. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart, but it's also a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you get up. It is a choice, though. Yeah. It is a Ultimately, choice. Break out of the thing. Yeah. yeah. You um, you love people? I think in general, I love people. I have an issue with evil people. I have an issue with evil people. I, I mean, what do you say? Those people are lacking well, the, soul. Well, mm-hmm. the reason I ask that okay. is you write about it in your book. You mm-hmm. basically say that there's a lot of different shades of people. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of free will, Mm -hmm. there are certain people that are predetermined to do things that are nefarious or murderous or sociopathic or self-interested. And obviously, there's another spectrum of people that are broadly generous and love people, right? But you see the the energy, you can see the whole spectrum spectrum of energy. So that's why you hesitated when I asked you if you love people. Because I... Well, because you know that... Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's hard to say that. Yeah, because... You know people, that people, people. You know what are you mm-hmm. gonna do? <laughs> right, but there are like a lot of people. Whether you want to think it, believe it or not, there are people that really are not good. You know, which is hard to think. And I, you never want to sit around and talk about that. Like I try not to mention that to our kids and oh. stuff. But it is the reality. But you need good people to act on the bad people, right? Yeah. So we know oh, on from, themselves and create. We know cre- from Dietrich Bonhoeffer that the uh, a lot of evil gets done when when good people fail to act Absolutely. collectively. If you, you stay know? passive. Mm-hmm. If you don't create your niche, if you don't take action, I can't see somebody hurt an animal. You know, if I see somebody kicking a pit bull in the street or something like that, you know, I will I'll put my life in danger. And I can't. It's not even a logical thought. Mm-hmm. It's not even a, a, a an issue. Now, because there are people that really like to just hurt animals, children, disabled, each other. They just like I to had hurt. I this conversation with someone today because a little girl she's six went missing in South Carolina and she they found her and she's dead and um, we were saying like what is it like that would ever make you want to hurt a child or it's pleasure they feel absolute pleasure they feel the complete opposite there's there's a brain and their soul there's like such a black hole so something like that that would feed off Right. And there's certain levels of sweetness right. so depending so, on who the victim yeah, is. Yeah. And the, the more innocent, like the child, the, the tastier it is. 
But that's the same mm-hmm. thing with like rape, right? Like I yes. was re- talking to someone and they were saying rape isn't about sex, it's about control because we were talking about Harvey Weinstein and so it's not about the actual pleasure of sex, it's no. about That's a consequence. That's just, a, you know. Right. It's about power or control over the victim. Yes. Or whatever. Uh, so the victims and, and it's just a deep rooted yeah. Do you, do you believe that Evilness. people have callings? Do you believe that there's something like spiritually that Absolutely. you know something's calling you? Yeah. It but says okay, think, you have to do see, certain things. Thing. I don't think everybody has that though. I think that we're all born for a reason. Even if you're an infant and you live two or three days, there was a reason. There was a reason right, for I that existence. That so in that sense, that's a calling. That's a calling. But I feel like and some people have higher callings than others. Yes, you I do. There's I mean? different degrees of right. calling. For yeah. sure. Some have people, a, they have a calling does she to, have, does she have know, a, be nothing. Does she have a calling? You're hilarious. You're, like, you're calling to, her calling is to set you straight, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> High five. That's my calling in life, to keep him like, alive and well. And, and you didn't have to be psychic to know that, Diana. No, absolutely. To say your voice. Have you yeah, know something so, where they were put here and it's like okay, literally have your voice heard, right? And yeah. but some some people, it's I think it's more like insular and they're there to do more for the people that are in their immediate family right? or life or set someone else up for something better. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like, there are people, and that's their calling to you know be a family member, be a good right. grandmother or a good right. you know nephew. So and from, then there are people from, who are so leaders, they're right. in leadership positions, right. like you guys yeah. are. You're here, you're teaching, you're telling Not people me. things. No, yeah, I don't. You know, have, in I, a way that is. Remember, I disagree. She's we have a, to look at. Le- she's I, more of a leader. leadership. She's more of a leader than she leadership. Oh yeah, I can totally tell that. No, but I don't have that calling. Like I have. I know myself pretty well, and I think I'm pretty in touch with a lot of things. I don't, someone asked us recently, what's your higher calling? My higher calling is not, I'm never going to be someone that goes out and changes something in the world specifically on a grand scale. I think I can impact people on a one-to-one basis. Um, on but then a how, do we, how do we define grand scale? What if you did an act two weeks ago, something you're completely unaware of? You know, you bumped into somebody and you said, excuse me, I'm sorry. And that's the first time somebody actually acknowledged them, said sorry to them, made them feel like a human being for two seconds. Mm-hmm. And that was somehow had a carry-on effect and had a chain reaction. Yeah. And them feeling like a human being made them go on and do something. You know, you see, like, movies and commercials like this. This is, like, real. Yeah, that's real. You know, and you know I believe that because you know who was just like that? And I swear to God, I got a lot of his soul transferred down to me. My dad literally was like so many people would say oh oh that's your dad and my dad i'm not minimalizing anything about him but my dad was a parking garage attendant but people would say that was your dad oh my god when i met him i loved him he made me feel like this he made me feel like that." you do anything with dignity and with heart and soul he made to me that's the best but he calling you can never have. Very, you know, in in so many life. ways, he yeah. was a great role model. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. you know, he loved people. that were not a lot, a big deal, but they were just And in some, they were. People. Right. Yeah. In some. Yeah. I mean, do that's you want, so that's that, That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So what leadership is, is not what we read in textbooks. It's not what we see in politics. It's not necessarily what we see in corporate culture. Uh, it's, you know, who really is, you know, there are people that are, have like, low-level positions that are doing more leadership and influencing organizations you're right you're right and they're not in official leadership position you're right and mothers mothers are leaders they have good mothers they have to lead they have to lead to you have a life to direct mm-hmm. and then of course their free will and their choice you know goes on from there do you have children i do not have children i made a choice not to have a, cho- a mm-hmm. child and then of course sometimes you think i have one egg left one egg i know <laughs> but i do have yeah do it i know and you really think about it but i did not and i you know have family members that do and I just don't think I was supposed to have one in this lifetime I just feel it mm-hmm. I don't know speaking of past lives if I maybe lost a baby in another lifetime or the fact that or my maybe mom you just have too many other things on your plate that you're dealing with to handle that also you know when you when you Same talk about a lot going on. when you and yeah. I'm a mother to pets you know mm-hmm. and I'm perfectly happy you know well um, then that's your answer I think. Yeah, yeah I don't I never felt the need mm-hmm. I never felt the desire. I mean, if I see a baby right now, I want to squish that baby and kiss the baby, and then I want to give it back to the parents. Yeah. Oh, you sound like a grandmother. But then. I did have um, foster brothers and sisters, so I spent a lot of time with babies. You know, 
So I, I have that experience, but I, I never felt that I myself. When you, you know, when you do your coursework and when you do your teaching and you do your analysis of different things, um, what is the advice that you give people about their lives? S- seek their higher calling. Treat people with respect and dignity, right? What other things do you say? Because a lot of that was in your book. but like, Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. And learn what that means. And mm-hmm. I hate that the word self-care has gotten so diluted and take it out of context. So that, that, but that, can you repeat that for our listeners? Because it's not necessarily being selfish mm-hmm. if you've got toxic parents or you've got toxic situation right. around you to detach a little bit, get some rest, you know, don't right. overly... Feel too guilty. I'm sorry. You have to have a certain amount of resources. Defend yourself. You have to defend yourself. If you are, it's very, very important because a lot of people get codependent. You know. Yeah, I was watching something on Discovery ID channel of a woman that was killed. Unfortunately, she was murdered by her boyfriend, and she was identified by her family as a giver to a fault. Literally gave her things away, gave her family things away. Salvation Army. That's a person that didn't have balance. I'm not saying that's why she got killed by any means, but I'm saying if somebody would have taught her to care for herself. Maybe choices could have been made differently. Mm-hmm. And this is for people who are sick and are, are dying and are, you know, feeling, why am I so sick all the time? Think about how you're not taking care of yourself. I worked 80 hours this week. Why? I got to pay the bills. Why? Because. Why? You know, and you have to start asking why the undefensively mm-hmm. because people get so defensive. And that's the one thing. Just if you could just think that you're not being attacked, you're simply being asked why are you doing what you're doing? What got you in that situation? Do you have any other options? People say, no, of course we do. Of course we do. Will those actions have repercussions? Of course they will. Will your, child, will your life change? When you start taking care of yourself and you make that choice, are you going to have a credible f- backlash? Yeah. It's so funny because I have a close friend who she was working for this person for the longest time, and he was he's just off his rocker right so um but she did everything for him and she's single she didn't have kids um she's a contemporary of mine she's a tiny bit older but and she is very giving very loving very maternal very warm and i could never figure out like how she doesn't have anyone in her life like and it's just this one person you know Mm -hmm. and she quit the job and I told her all the time, if you go to the same place and you do the same thing and you're with the same people and you never switch up your circumstances and you let that toxicity just run your life, you'll never meet anybody. Your life will always be the same. So not that she did anything because I told her that, but she actually, for her own, you know, salvation, Well-being. Yeah, yeah, made a decision. She left her job, got a different job. And right as soon as she did that, she met a guy. She is lost 50 pounds or whatever she like has um, complete like transformation her life just came together yes. you know and she's not like she did anything Drastic. humongous but right. she just did something s- small like change her job that was self-care that yeah. was taking and, care of her needs and her life changed and it's hard to i mean it sounds ridiculous no it's sh- sounds, i mean it, it makes perfect sense to me to, to leave her job yeah it's difficult to break those habits are to have chain reactions. They you know? do. So self care is a big thing, right? You write I, I about it in the book. Self care is super. That's the part two of this mm-hmm. book, and it talks about mm-hmm. what that means. And some people, I'm talking about, some people don't have basic grooming and hygiene to the degree that they need to to be healthy, mm-hmm. and and they wonder why they're not meeting someone. You know, like they're this friend's relatively handsome, and we'll go to events and. We'll have to remind you know did you put the order on you know you have a nice shirt but you know oh i forgot well maybe a woman or two or three are smelling that and they're not coming to you towards that oh my god that's like pretty basic you know but you'd be shocked the basic things and but that's that's one side of it the other one is like your friend like really career life habits with things you do on a normal basis people think that sleep is a weakness and that sleep is is a waste of time and now, finally, medical doctors, neuroscientists, mystics, you know, psychics, you know, behaviorists, psychologists are finally doing a wake-up call, literally. <laughs> so go to sleep. Mm-hmm. That's my newest passion. As soon as I talk, and I guarantee you most of the core of our issue, I know it's, it's not easy when you have kids and you have jobs and you have multiple obligations and all kinds of things are going on, but there is a way. 
there's a lot of stuff that we're doing and it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And we know what those are. Mm-hmm. We all know what those are for us. If you take that moment and rest, maybe it's not a full sleep. Maybe it's just a nap. Maybe it's just, you know, just stretching, you know, whatever it is. There's, for each thing, each person. I don't want to sound like a cliche because for each thing, it could be something, you know, completely unique and customized. But there are things we can do. And then, what and then are, you'll never turn selfish. If you're not selfish, if it's not in your DNA, you won't turn selfish. So that's the physical component, right? But then there's also a spiritual component. Yeah. Yes, the and emotional so what's and the spiritual. A, so what's the spiritual component that you recommend? To rewrite contracts that you that you have come into this world to fulfill. You know, for example, if you wrote a contract, you know, I'm going to sacrifice, I'm going to be a martyr. Adjust that. Maybe you don't have to be a martyr. You know, or I have to be, you know, I have to be tough and hard in order for people to respect me. And that means that, you know, you're abusive and it's and rough. And do you really have to be that way? Can you adjust it? Can you learn how to do it and temper it? So some bit? of it is don't be too much of a people pleaser. Some of it yeah. don't be too mean or miserable. Yeah. Some of it is it. But well, you, it's different for everybody. Yes, yeah, it's different right. for everybody. But be more mindful. But the point that you're making a physical and a spiritual connection through your life's work. And so... In a weird way, the thing that attracted us to you, I do believe that it's a little bit of kismet, meaning mm-hmm. I'm in the bar with you, you and your Tony, I guess his name Vinny. is. Vinny, I'm sorry. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny no. Right, right. right. <laughs> every, 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 every time he's got a Vinny and a Tony. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> right. but then I, I come over, say hello. You say hello to me. Yeah, we have a little conversation. Italy, yeah. And then you hand me the book. Yeah. And then what you may or may not have known about me, I'm a big reader. I like yeah, reading this I, sort I of stuff. No idea, you know what yeah. I mean? And so, so. And then you emailed me. I said, tell you what, when I get back from my traveling, we'll do this podcast so that we can have this sort of... Uh, and it is kismet because I love radio. I, lo- I loved doing it for the years that I did. Um, it was so... It was a lot of fun. Like, you know, we had the conversation, mm-hmm. like you said in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, there's something different about that, that kind of connection because we're not just talking to each other. We're talking to a listener who is going to take what you said Take something away from and, it. And yeah. meaningful. Mm-hmm. So, so, but let me, Did I want to. Did anyone ever tell you you look like Selena? No. No? No. Oh, a little bit. No. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends on the day. You know? Today oh, you look yeah. like Selena. <laughs> interesting. Well, that's a compliment. Well, yeah. It's a big compliment. But I think, what, I think the, the thing I got out of today and meeting you in your book is take care of yourself. You have to put yourself first mm-hmm. inside of the ambit of the universe or you have to care for others yes. but you'll be way better caring for others or doing what your life's mission is if you're okay yes. spiritually mentally physically sleep absolutely etc that's for sure and then the the other thing i think it's also interesting is um whether you believe in the metaphysical or not so i do so i mean i deirdre does i mean i'm not speaking for her but i mean you you are saying something that i totally believe is in free will and the unconditionality of your creation, meaning that for me, there's a lot of love in the process of creation because mm-hmm. if you got this free will, okay, now now the issue is, are you going to impose that free will on others for harm or are you going to impose that free will on others for benefit? And if you pose on for benefit to those people and yourself, there's a tremendous amount of psychic emotional value to that you know right. what i mean not psychic clairvoyance but i mean like yeah. mentally you're like so, you feel so much better about yourself when you're able to you know i know in my physiology when i'm doing something that's really helping somebody else maybe it's a selfish act for me because it makes me feel very good hey does but that if, make, it helps, that, if this is a win-win right because i hear this from skeptics and people isn't altruism ultimately selfish it's like shut up number one number two win-win Win-win. So what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, mm-hmm. you know, altruistic for ulterior motives and not really altruistic, right? You're doing a favor for a favor mm-hmm. or to get karmic points. I mean, then you're well, one of my one of my peeves is that you know my <laughs> grandmother my grandmother was a maid, so I try to consciously every time I leave a hotel room, I try to. I'm not saying I do it every single time. Right. I'm not, I'm not perfect, human. but I, I, you know, or the uh, the the African American man who is the uh, I give him a hundred. At our restaurant, the Hunt and Fish Club, he's now the you're not, Now you're telling everybody, so it's taking away your karmic points. Shh. Oh, okay. Well, I was, I, I was, I was, I wasn't trying to save it. I was saying that. All right, whatever. I won't. But you were, do, you were I'm doing something shipped. that felt good to you at that moment. Yes. No, but he I think it comes from your. I think it comes from your about upbringing. Touch him yeah. because yeah. of his. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I like. I'm in the. I'm in the hotel room. I'm like, okay, this person. My grandmother did this for a living. This 
person that's about to clean this room could be my grandmother. Well, that's how things become Does important that make to you or relevant to you or, or yeah. you're emotional about them because they are specific to your life or your life story. That's why everybody's so different. And well, I think so. about how hard my grandmother's life was, frankly, so that I could have my life, right? She took the risk to come from Italy. You know, she... she and it's also in your heart because you can have a twin brother and that twin brother can see the total opposite. Like, she worked hard. I'm not giving my stuff away. Mm -hmm. You work hard too. That's your car. That's People your problem. People are so different, right? Yeah. So somebody could think completely different of that person that that was, you know. Right. Uh, See, I have a weird feeling about it. I think if you give it away, it comes back double. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it depends. For it me, depends. it does. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that. That's always happened um, for me. You know, yeah. I remember I saw like a like a couple of dollars, you know, in the street, and I went to get it, and some woman came, and she was, "Yes, my, that's mine." That wasn't hers. It was just flying in the street. I said, "Okay, you you need it more than I do," you know. It was one of those things where I was like. Of course, you're going to see a dollar. You're going to pick it up or two, you know. And I remember thinking, uh, my first is to be a New Yorker. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. hey, 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 that's mm -hmm. my dollar. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, you need it more than I do. It's like, oh, that's right. She just walked away. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. But I felt, I felt that there was no point in getting upset with her. She was in desperate need. I didn't need the dollar at that moment. I didn't need it. You know, I, it was there, and I would have taken it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. it was for her to have. Will mm -hmm. it come back to me? Did I did that? No, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, she may so, not even even know that that happened. She may not have been even aware that that happened. I, I, but just I, do it because it feels good, mm -hmm. right? I think it's brilliant. I, but I know we have to go. But I, I want to ask a few more questions. That's cool. When evil people get into positions of leadership, you mentioned Adolf Hitler as an example. Mm -hmm. They can have an effect on people, right? I mean, there was a great book 25 years ago called Hitler's Willing Executioners. Why did yes, 25 or 30,000 people... And I also know the, the, the author that wrote The Nazi Doctors. Yeah, exactly. Like, why, mm -hmm. you know, someone that took the Hippocratic Oath and someone that was there to care for people ends up mangling children and perverting science and Absolutely. eugenics and... So, so evil people mm -hmm. can send an eminence out, like Absolutely. a beam to... Influence. Hurt people, and that's right? That's defeating. Yeah, it's defeating. Mm -hmm. Defeating. I think it's very important off. for people to understand and that as well. There's psychological damage, and there's like mm -hmm. there's insidious attacks, and people. We all have our weaknesses and our and our soft spots, mm -hmm. and those people are, I guess, what you call evil geniuses, and they know exactly where to target and how to target it, and how to feed off of it, and how to pick at it, to the point where you're like, that person's right. You are right, and this is a way for me to get power, and there is something I'm getting out of it, and you are feeling a little good and worthy all of a sudden, mm -hmm. even if it's a bad thing you're doing. And it feeds off itself. So that has its own feeding cycle, just like good has its own feeding cycle. You know, love begets love. But evil can beget evil as well, except, in my opinion, I'm just a human being like all of you, all of you are. I believe that love will always, just so much more powerful in the universe. What's happening on Earth right now, I don't know what's going on here, but it's up to us to be love warriors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I feel silly saying that because... I'm such a past, you know, but I feel like we have to really stand up for ourselves and each other. Well, well we have to. Protect you know, I've had ourselves. this. I've had this conversation to. with Deirdre, like, because it was it was a big moment for me that I was I was in a class 35 years ago, and the guy he was British. He asked a rhetorical question. He said, "Well, the rapist is the alpha alpha male, and so he comes into the village, right? He's now quote unquote raping people. Shouldn't his genes be the ones that progress? Because he's the alpha alpha male." Mm -hmm. And but yet, then they showed this slide that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't it happen? And I, I have to confess, I was stumped by it, and everyone else in the class was. And then he proceeded to say, it doesn't happen because good people in the village get together, mm -hmm. they hit the rapist in the head with a rock, <laughs> and they put him in jail. Right. Okay. And it's the collective spirit of the good people yes. that can beat back the evil people, yeah. that they're actually in the minority if you look at it sociologically they're in the minority but sometimes right. they can get power and they can subvert people and they can yes. make people Do feel better they normally wouldn't yeah they feel better yeah. about themselves mm -hmm. all of a sudden i'm part of something mm -hmm. and they start to act in a way that's a we had a gentleman on a few weeks ago who was a cult expert mm -hmm. and he talked yeah. about how yes. mind control is Absolutely. used and, and it's so textbook it's like the, the way they brainwash individuals mm -hmm. and a lot of cult members are Ab brilliant. They're very smart abs people. Absolute standards yeah. and uh, loyalty. Yes, but so, they're smart people. They're not dumb people. They're like your, your brothers and sisters and your cousins, and all of a sudden they're in a cult mm -hmm. because they it's, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm.
Don't think villain is always good. Villain could be evil. So, so we, we'll, let's end it on a one positive big, note. Yeah, but <laughs> no, but but a big meta question I have for you, um, and maybe Deirdre has a different question, but but like just just a big meta question that I have in your life's work. You just said that you believe that love will always triumph evil, and love is more powerful. You just said that, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us why. Um, I think it's beyond my brain's comprehension. To It's a feeling I have. It is a sense that I have. It is observations that I've made. And we're talking with language, and language is so not limited. adequate. Limit, limited. <laughs> not it's limited. adequate. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. Um, and that's why it's important for us to create art and communicate through art as well. Because when you see the works of art that are not just our planet, how beautiful it is, and creativity, photography, I think you can see the beauty that can balance out the trauma and the death and and all that and all that. But I I can't give you a formula, and I don't think I should. Mm-hmm. I think we should all discover that for ourselves. I hope I'm right, and if we're not, well, <laughs> what can I tell you? Right? Um, I'll see you on the other side. I hope, and you know. But I, I believe it, I feel it, I sense it, and I have seen evil. I have felt it. It has touched me many times. And I'm talking about paranormal, paranormal and physical, and I still believe in love. I still believe light, love, unity, creation, abundance is much more unlimitedly powerful than anything dark. Well, maybe that's what it's all about, though, right? You have that universality of choice and that mm-hmm. unconditional love that you can have that free will, and now you have this choice. You yeah. have the dichotomy of what you need to choose and be. Do you have any other questions, Ben? No. So, or can we can we invite you back? And, I'd uh, love to. I would all right, good. To. i got to read this next book that you've yes, written. Yes, that's okay? right. We'll invite you back. It touches more on the dark side here, so that would be how right, we'll, to not we'll, to mess we'll with spiritual a, tools. We'll make that a Halloween special. Okay, We'll have you back before that, but we'll, we'll make that one a Halloween special. Yeah. But Diana Navarro, and uh, the book that can be purchased right now um, is Oddball. Oddball. Uh, but then you also have You're Not Crazy, It's Paranormal which is real stories and insights with uh, included with a pretty inspiring photo collection yeah. there as well. Yeah, it's, those are fun. Those are orbs with faces in them that we just took. And, you know, it happens that places are haunted and the owners mm-hmm. tell us afterwards. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's crazy. We're not crazy. So it's fun. It's very not fun. crazy. It's paranormal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm crazy, but not for that reason. Thank you for Thank you for having in. me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.